Welcome to an inspirational teaching by our guest speaker of Adonai Church, Bangalore. We hope you enjoy this teaching. John chapter 6. This is the first of the great IMs given in the book of John. He says, I am the bread of life. Another place he says, I am the light of the world. I am the gate, I am the good shepherd, I am the resurrection and the life. I am the way, the truth and life. I am the true vine. Seven times he says, I am this, I am this, I am this, I am this. Seven times. This is the first one. I am the bread of life. That is given in John chapter 6, verse 32 to 59. So we are going to speak about five things. Five things. We're going to learn five things. First point, the background. Second, the pre-existence of Jesus sent by the Father with a divine purpose. Or in other words, Jesus is the bread from heaven. He existed in heaven and he has come down. So, pre-existence of Jesus, I am the bread from heaven. The third point, the bread of life. What does it mean? The fourth point, eating is flesh and drinking is blood. What does that mean? And the fifth point, the plan of salvation and the ministry of Jesus. So these are the five points that we will look into. Now, the background. Now, Jesus was on the northeast side of the on the shore of the lake of Galilee, or the Sea of Galilee. So the Sea of Galilee was, is a lake, really. Uh, it's shaped like a harp. And on the northeast side was Bethsaida. And in Bethsaida, outside Bethsaida, Jesus was, you know, he fed the 5,000 men. So counting women and children, there possibly could be 20,000 people. Possibly, right? So he fed them with five loaves and two fish. And then what happened was they wanted to make him king, and we will look into that. And of course, he escaped, he went to the mountain, began to pray, but he sent his disciples across the lake. So they went on a boat across the lake. And then along the way, there was a big storm as they were passing through the lake, the big storm, and, and Jesus walked on water towards them. Anyway, they reached the other side of the lake, and there uh, they went into a synagogue, synagogue in Capernaum, and there Jesus began to teach them that he is the bread of life. Now, the situation is that this was during or close to the feast of Passover. The Passover is a very, very prominent festival of Israel, very prominent. It was concerned about, you know, how Moses delivered the, the Jews from uh, being under Pharaoh in Egypt and crossed the Red Sea and fed them with manna from heaven for 40 years. And they reached the shores of Israel. They've been reached Israel. So it's all about that. Now, you must understand that, you know, for example, if you take Christmas or Easter, what would happen in the churches? We would dress up well, we would sing songs about Christmas, about the birth of Christ, silent night, etc., joy to the world, you know, hark the angels come, you know, all that we would sing. And then 
the pastor would preach sermons on, you know, the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Easter, the pastor would preach sermons about the resurrection of the Lord. So we are celebrating it, and that is the atmosphere. So in the synagogue, guess what the sermons would be by the rabbi? It would all be about Moses and how he delivered the Jews and took them past the Red Sea, and 40 years he fed them with manna from heaven. So it's all about that. And Jesus now comes. Our Lord Jesus comes into the scene, and he says, Hey, I am the bread of life. Right? So he connects the festival of the Passover, and he brings himself into the center. That's not unreasonable. Actually, all these festivals are celebrating Jesus. He is the true Passover lamb. It's like, you know, you're having a birthday party, and the birthday boy comes into the party. It's his party. You understand? So Jesus comes in his own party, and he says, look, I am the bread of life. Now, that's the whole background. So we'll come to the second point. The second point is the pre-existence of Jesus, sent by the Father with a divine purpose. This is from verses 25 to 34, right? Now, something more about the background, I can just tell you, that the Jews expected a Messiah who would feed them from heaven. So this is given in the Midrash. Midrash is a Jewish tradition, traditional book. It says that as the first Redeemer caused manna to descend, so will the latter Redeemer cause manna to descend. The first Redeemer is Moses, and he says, so will the latter Redeemer cause manna to descend. Another one uh, that is given is that uh, that is given the, the, the Jewish tradition would say the treasury of manna shall again descend from on high and they will eat of it in those years. So these are written in the books of the traditions of the Jewish people. So they were expecting that the, when the Messiah comes, he will feed them with manna from heaven. He's the Redeemer. He will get them out of the Roman rule, just like Egypt, just like Moses got them out of the Pharaoh's rule. This new Messiah would, uh, not new Messiah, this Messiah, this new Redeemer would come and get them out of Roman rule, and he would feed them with manna from heaven. So they were expecting that. They were expecting it. Now, Jesus comes on the scene and he feeds the 20,000 people, supposedly, 20,000 people with, with five loaves and two fish. And they all saw that. Wow, this is great. Maybe he is the Messiah. Maybe he is the Redeemer. And so they wanted to make him king. He said, oh, hang on, don't, don't do that. So Jesus now wants to connect the temporal the feeding of the 5,000, the temporal food, the temporal to the spiritual, you know, from the natural to the spiritual, from the temporal to the eternal. Now, this is always has been Jesus' pattern of teaching. All his parables start with the natural. The sower went, the farmer went with seed to sow. He's talking about natural things. And then he connects it 
with the spiritual. You see, we connect the seed with the word of God, you know. And so all his parables are starting from the natural and ending in the spiritual. All are starting from the temporal and ending into the eternal. And if you don't understand that, he says, if he told Nicodemus, even if we speak about things of earthly things, and if you can't understand the earthly things, how will you understand the heavenly things? It's connecting the natural and going to the heavenly. You see, the spiritual. So Jesus is saying, listen, lift up your eyes. You know, you're looking for temporal food. You're looking for temporal food. Lift up your eyes. Because I have come to give you spiritual food. So that is the context in which he says, I am the bread from heaven. So Jesus desires that. So let us look into verse 25 to 34, the bread from heaven. First we look into the bread from heaven that is the the pre-existence of Jesus. From chapter 6, verses 25 to 34. Chapter 6, 25 to 34. Yeah, I'll read it out. Jesus answered, I tell you the truth. You're looking for me not because you saw miraculous signs, because, but because you ate the loaves and had your fill. Natural. Natural things. You ate the natural food. Ah, do not work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life. Don't work for the natural things. Of course, man must live by bread, but not by bread alone. Not by bread alone. We need the natural things, of course. But he says, don't stay on the natural forever. Come to the spiritual. He says, don't work for food that spoils, but for food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give you. I will give you that food. On him, God the Father has placed his seal of approval. He said, well, 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 don't work for food. They caught the word work. He said, what must we do to do the works of God, the works God requires? He caught the word work. Jesus, once again, from natural to spiritual. He says, the work of God is this, to believe in the one he has sent. Wow. He says, oh. He says, well, they said, what miraculous sign then you will give that we may see and believe you? Uh, what will you do? Our fathers ate the manna in the desert. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Now, here, here, here it is. He just fed them, just fed the people with five loaves and two fish. And he's trying to tell them, look, I am the new Messiah. I am the Messiah. I am the person whom God the Father has sent. And I want to give you spiritual food. So so they said, okay, is that really true? Are you claiming to be the Messiah? Really? Really? then give us a sign from heaven. Give us a sign from heaven. And they also said, if you are the Messiah, feed us. You know, the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he says, oh, you're going to give me water? I want this water so that I never have to go to the well and draw my bucket over there. All natural, all temporal. That level the woman at the well said. But Jesus was wanting to go up. He says, I will give you living water. I I will give you something spiritual that it wells up from your belly, you know. So, here's the same thing. The Jews were telling him, okay, give us the food. Come on, feed us. Feed us with 80% of our budget. Because the poor people, the poor people, 
Even today, the poor people, 80% of the budget is spent on food. We never have to walk now. You will feed us. So give us the food. From now on, give us this bread. Now, Jesus will answer later on and say, I am the bread of life. But right now, he's talking about, I am the bread from heaven. I am the bread from heaven. Now, now in this chapter, you will find that Jesus keeps on repeating and repeating and repeating himself. Because he wants to score a point. He wants to tell them, don't stay in the temporal. Lift up your eyes to the spiritual. He tells us the same thing. You know, we come to church Sunday after Sunday. We ask, you know, Lord, give me a husband or give me a wife, you know. All right, praise God for that. God says, yeah. He says, you know, that husband and your wife, you know, the teeth will fall off one day. The food will spoil. I want to tell you that. Don't remain there. Of course you require a husband. Of course you require a wife. Don't stay there only. Come on, lift up your eyes to something spiritual. Oh, Lord, I want a job. Of course you want a job. Man should not live on job alone. But every word that comes from the mouth of God. Don't remain there. He says, come on, lift up your eyes. Lift up to something which will be eternal. And so this is how he's trying. He fed them, but he's trying to get them from this place to that place. And he wants to tell them, look, I was sent so that you may have life over here, over here, forever. I want to tell you that. That's what I want to say. So here he says he keeps on repeating that he came from heaven. So this is the point. I'm going to read out to you. There's 32, 33, 38, 42, 46, 50, 51, 58. So many times he's saying, I came from heaven. I am pre-existent. Pre-existent. I came from heaven. I am the bread from heaven, which you can feed on. So I'll read some verses. I don't require all, but 32. Yeah, it says, I tell you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. So, all right. Verse 38. For I have come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. 42. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Verse 46. No one has seen the father except the one who is from God. Only he has seen the father. Pre-existent of Jesus, right? right? 50. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. So, so these are the verses that... Jesus claims he is pre-existent. He has come down from heaven. Jesus repeatedly says that the Father sent him. I have been sent by my Father. Verse 32, I tell you the truth, it is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven, but it is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven. Verse 38, for I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. So, these are the other verses you know, that are similar. He repeatedly says, the Father has sent me from heaven. It's important. It's important to know that he came from heaven for a specific purpose. Came down from heaven. 
He wasn't only a good teacher. He was a good teacher. But he was sent from heaven for a specific purpose. Jesus repeatedly says that the Father had a divine purpose for Jesus to accomplish. Verse 37. So all these verses are there repeatedly, repeatedly. 37, 39, 40, 44, 45. We'll read a few. All that the Father gives to me and will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. 39. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me. 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, etc. 44 and 45 as well. Now, as I said, Jesus is the bread from heaven. He is the pre-existent one whom the Father has sent with a divine purpose for him to accomplish. So they said, okay, give us this bread. Please give us this bread. In verse 34, sir, from now on, give us this bread. Maybe you can feed us. Our 80% of our budget is fixed. Same thing with the women at the well. Give me that water so that I don't have to come to the well and draw. Now Jesus brings, he raises up his argument. First, he says, I'm the bread from heaven. Now, he lifts his argument up. He says, I'm the bread of life. So, in verse 35, then Jesus declared, you want that bread? I want to tell you what that bread is. I am that bread of life. Me, me. It's a person. The bread from heaven is a person. That person is Jesus. I am the bread of life. And he who comes to me will never go hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Right? So verse 35 to verse 50. Right? I am the bread of life. Verse 35 to 50. So I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never grow hungry. And he who believes in me will never be thirsty. Look at the repetitions. But I, as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe. All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. At this, the Jews began to grumble about him and said, I am the bread that, he said, I am the bread that comes down from heaven. They said, is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he say, I came down from heaven? Stop grumbling about amongst yourself, Jesus answered. No one comes to me unless the father who sent me draws him, and I will raise him up on the last day. It is written in the prophets, they will all be taught by God. Everyone who listens to the father and learns from him comes to me. No one has seen the Father except the Son who has come from God. Only he has seen the Father. I tell you the truth. He who believes in me has eternal life. I am the bread of life. Your fathers ate the manna, yet they died. But here is the bread that comes down from heaven, which a man may eat and not die. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. He says, I'm the bread. What do you do when there's bread on your table? Tell me. You eat it. That's all. I mean, what do you do with the bread? You can't keep the bread in the cupboard. You take the bread and do what? You eat it. Jesus said, I'm the bread of life. 
you've got to eat me. It offends people. You've got to feed on me. I came down from heaven. You've got to feed on me. Okay, let's take natural things. Your cutlet came from beef, came from a dead cow. I mean, not from a live cow. That cutlet of yours is a, is a dead cow. Am I right? Right? You don't eat anything that's alive. Your vegetables is dead. Your fish, dead. Your prawns, dead. Everything that's on your table is what? Dead. You understand? Don't be offended, but you eat dead things. You want to feed on me, Jesus says? I have to die for your sake. That's how you've got to believe in me. I died on the cross for your sake. I'm going to give my life for you. I'm going to get, and you've got to feed, you've got to believe, you've got to feed on me. So that's the symbolism that Jesus is making. And of course, what is he saying? He said, don't look at the temporal. Lift up your eyes to the spiritual. That's the point he's making. He says, I came down from heaven. He's taking the Passover, he's taking the stories of Moses, and he's saying, that's me. That's me. I am the manna from heaven. And you got to feed on me. I came. Your manna is not temporal. Your manna is a person. And I am that person. you got to feed on me. Right? So that's the point that the Lord is making. He says, if you don't feed on me, you won't have life. If you don't eat, you won't have life in the natural. I mean, if you don't eat, your, the bread means a generic term. It includes fish, meat, vegetables, everything. Okay? If you don't eat, what will happen to you? You'll die. You will die if you don't eat. You need to eat in order to live. In the natural, in the spiritual, you need to eat the Lord Jesus. I am the bread of life. If you don't eat me, if you don't believe in me, you have no life spiritually. No life. That's the point which our Lord Jesus is making. He's making this point. He says, you can't believe in me. And, you know, just to illustrate, I'll show you those verses which he means by that. In John chapter 6, verse 35, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me will never go hungry, and he who believes in me will never grow thirsty. So, what he's saying is, look, eating Jesus means coming to him and believing in him. Eating and drinking the Lord Jesus is coming to him and believing in him. I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never grow hungry. So coming means eating. Believing means drinking. It's all right. That's what it means. He says, look, I am the bread of life. That's what Jesus is saying. You want me for your spiritual life. If you don't have me, you won't have life. Many people love Jesus' teaching. They say he is a great teacher. He's a wonderful teacher. But they don't come to him for spiritual life. They love his teachings. I mean, I got some classmates of mine. I've been witnessing them, I think, for 50 years. I don't know how many years. They love Jesus' teachings. They say he's a great teacher. But they don't come to him for spiritual life. They don't come to him. They stop short. No, 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 no. How can he say? How can he say he comes from heaven? How can he say that? You mean to say, what about the other prophet? 
What about this guy? What about that guy? What about Buddha? What about this person? What about that Swami? What do you mean, man? I said, you can't get life from them. You can't. Only Jesus. Unless you believe in him, you won't have life. He is the bread from In the Jewish context, in the story of the Passover, he brought the bread from heaven. But otherwise, it really means you've got to believe in Jesus for life. Without food, you will die. Without earthly bread, you will die. Without spiritual food, you will die. Who's a spiritual food? Jesus. That's the bread from heaven. That is the bread of life. So, come to the next point. Eating his flesh and drinking his blood. What does it mean? Verse 51 to 58, I'm reading out, I am the living bread that came down from heaven. If anyone eats of this bread, he will live forever. This bread is my flesh, which I will give for the life of the world. Then the Jews began to argue, how can this man give us his flesh to eat? Still looking into the temporal. Not raising up, not able to go into the spiritual. Jesus then said, I tell you the truth, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise him up on the last day, for my flesh is real food, and my, fle for my, flesh is real food and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in him. Just as the living Father sent me and live, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. Your forefathers ate manna and died. But he who feeds on this bread will live forever. So, he keeps on harping at this point. Bang, 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 bang. You've got to believe in Christ. You've got to believe in Christ. My brothers and sisters, don't live in the temporal forever. Don't live in the temporal forever. So much of our prayers, purely in the temporal Give me this, Lord. Give me that, Lord. Give me this, Lord. It's okay. You need it. God says, I'll give it to you. But raise your eyes to the spiritual. Raise your eyes to something which is eternal. We will come to that. We will come to this point. Raise your eyes. Don't live forever there. I know that you all are saved. If you have not given your life to Christ, here is an opportunity to say, okay, Lord, I trust you completely. I trust you for my salvation. You are the true bread from heaven. I am going to trust you. I'm going to believe in you. And I want that life. When you say that, come, something comes inside you. And you're transformed forever. You have eternal life. You have eternal life. We see this verse again. John 6.35. Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never, never finish. It's once for all. Never grow hungry. And whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. Never. This word never means it's once for all. You give your life that bread from heaven. When you believe in him, the Spirit of God comes and transforms you. Transforms you. And you're born again. You're born again. Verse 56. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. We were on our way to death. But when we believe in the life and death of our Lord Jesus, something happens to us. His eternal life comes into us. Right? Then Jesus says, I will raise them up on the last day. So, and he keeps on repeating 
this word last day. It's not given here, but verses 39, 40, 44, and 54. 39, 40, 44, 54. Last day. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. On the last day. 40. For my Father's will is that everyone who looks to the Son and believes in Him shall have eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. 44. No one can come to me unless the Father who sent him draws him, sent me draws him, and I will raise them up on the last day. 54. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up on the last day. Eternity. On the last day. I will raise them up. I will raise them up on the last day. Yeah. Yeah, I want to show you something which really blesses me. In verse 37, all that the Father gives me will come to me. And whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. Now, we take the second part of that verse and say, whoever comes to Jesus, he will never drive us away. So we say, Lord, I come to you and you will never drive me away. That's true, but not in this context. That's not being wrong in saying that. But in this context, it means far more. Far more. He says, you see, all that the Father comes to me, I will obey my Father and I will receive that person. The Father has sent us to Jesus. Now, Jesus can't drive us away because then, if the Father sends us to Jesus and He drives us away, He's disobedient to the Father. And that's not possible. So, our salvation... It's not upon, depends upon us, it depends upon the obedience of Jesus, which is perfect. Therefore, we know that on the last day, He will raise us up. That's our confidence. Our confidence is in Jesus' perfect obedience to the Father. Perfect obedience. I'll read it out. All that the Father has gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me, I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will who, of him who sent me. And this is the will of, whom, of him who sent me, that I shall lose none of all that he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. My confidence is in the, that Jesus will obey the Father 100%. The Father has sent me to Jesus. And Jesus said, I will never drive you away. Sent you to Jesus. And Jesus said, I'll never drive you away. I will raise you up on the last day. That's our confidence. Our confidence is that we can die in peace because we know that Jesus will raise us up on the last day. Now, this particular thing about eating his flesh and drinking his blood does not really refer to Holy Communion. Why? It looks like it drinking his, eating his flesh and drinking his blood. It looks like. But it is not. It pertains the bread from heaven that came down and you put your trust in him. It pertains to that. Jesus would not have discussed Holy Communion with 20,000 unbelievers without first talking to his disciples. That's one good reason. I mean, they are all unbelievers then. 20,000 of them. All left him. Ah, who, can, who, can, who can understand this? They all left him. That's one good reason. The second good reason is that the Apostle John, you know, 
he doesn't mention sacraments. He doesn't mention baptism. He doesn't mention the Last Supper. His purpose of writing the gospel was all these signs have been done so that you may believe that Jesus is the Son of God and in believing you may have life. That's the purpose of all the signs. That's the purpose of the entire gospel of John. He's not so much talking about, he doesn't talk about sacraments. So if you look into the gospel of John, it's not about the sacraments. Matthew, Mark, and Luke is about the sacrament of Last Supper. John does not mention Last Supper at all. The third thing is this word never. It's a once-for-all action. Never. You know, once-for-all action. Whoever comes to me will never go hungry. Whoever believes in me will never be thirsty. It's a once-for-all action. Whereas the Holy Communion is something of a remembrance, so we do it over and over again. It's a remembrance. It's not a once-for-all. The fourth reason is that the Old Testament saints... You see, the, in this particular verse, he says, if, unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you will have no life. You see, he's talking about the bread from heaven giving life. All right? So, Old Testament saints and the thief on the cross will not have eternal life because they never had communion. So, these four reasons makes me think that this is not referring to Holy Communion. Now, if you believe it is referring to Holy Communion, you're not in some heresy or something. You're all right. I mean, it has got such a lot of parallels. And if you hear a preacher say, this is Holy Communion, fine. It's not going to make a difference that way. But in the context in which we are talking about John 6, the main point is that he came down from heaven to give his life. That's the main point, and you must believe in him in order to have eternal life. That's the big point over here. We don't miss that big point and go to the peripherals. Now, the next thing is the plan of salvation, the last one. The plan of salvation and the ministry of Jesus. He says, all, verse 37 to 45, all those the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never drive away. For I have come down from heaven not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. And this is the will of whom who sent me, that I shall lose none of all he has given me, but raise them up on the last day. So, I want to say, you know, 20,000 people heard him. When he talked about eating his flesh and drinking his mouth, they said, oh, we can't listen to this guy. Can't listen. They all moved away. Some of his disciples said, why do you have to say that? Why do you have to bring eating your flesh, drinking your blood? Why do you have to bring all this thing? I mean, today, if somebody gives you a tract and give it to Hindus, unless you eat your flesh and drink his blood, do you think Hindus will receive it? Ah, what is this? What is this? Jesus replied. He says, you see, they were not sent by the Father. 20,000 of them were unbelievers. Only a few remained, just a handful. Most of his disciples also went. Maybe Judas at that time said, oh my gosh, I can't follow this man. I can't follow this man. Even Jesus said that. Have I not chosen you the twelve? Yet one of you is the devil in verse 70. He meant Judas Iscariot. He could see it offended him. I can't handle that. Was Jesus' ministry a failure? Then so many people left him. 20,000 or left him. Few remaining. Was his ministry a failure? No, it wasn't. How do I know? Y'all are the proof. It wasn't a failure. Thousands of churches are a proof. Because he believed that the Father would reveal himself to you and to me. He believed that. He said he would believe that. He said the Spirit will give you. The Spirit. 
He said, my words are spirit and they are life. It can only be understood by revelation. He says, Simon Barjona, this was not revealed to you by flesh and blood. It was revealed to you by my Father in heaven. But anyway, maybe one of the twelve said, Lord, why did you say bread and flesh and blood? He said, does that offend you? That's what he says here. In verse 61, aware that his disciples were grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Does this offend you? What if you see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life. The flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you are spirit and they are life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. He said, what? Does this offend you about eating my flesh and drinking my blood? What if you see me wherever? Ascend into heaven. My resurrection and ascension into heaven. See me over there. What if you see me there? Will that offend you? See, I'm, people saw Jesus as a man, son of Joseph the carpenter, son of, son of Mary, his wife. But they didn't see him. The bread from heaven come down and one day will return there. Return there. And you know, my brothers and sisters, looking at this wonderful Jesus whom you and I have received, sitting over there and saying, God, Lord Jesus, I, I want to live my life for you. I don't want to live only in the temporal. Temporal is needed. But I don't want to remain there. I want to lift up my eyes to the eternal. And I want to consecrate myself for the eternal. I want to consecrate myself for the eternal because this temporal food will fade away. My boyfriend will lose his teeth. Everything will fade away. But you will live forever. I want to consecrate myself for the eternal. God is asking you to plug in into the work of the Lord. You see, why, if the Father is going to send people to Jesus, what does you and I have to do with it? In any case, the Father is sending the people to Jesus. That's what the Lord said. Unless the Father sends people to Him, no one can. They will come to Him. What do you and I have to do? We can be co-laborers with the Father. The Lord gives us the opportunity of being a co-laborer with Him. Co-laborer with the eternal plan of salvation. Co-laborer with eternity. And so, my brothers and sisters, how do I know that you will not live only for the temporal? You will, how does, you will lift up your eyes for the eternal. And so, I want to call you. I want to say, are you willing to consecrate yourself for the eternal work of salvation? Are you willing to be a co-laborer with the Father who will bring people to Jesus? He can do it himself, but he uses you and I as co-laborers, as co-workers to bring people to Jesus. And so I just want to implore, I just want to beseech you. I want to say, be a co-laborer. You're coming to a church which is very evangelical. Be a co-laborer with this church. You know, we've got teams going now to Ahmedabad there, serving. There's Living Free over there, and there are many other ministries in the church. Be a co-laborer inside the church. Lift your eyes from the temporal to the eternal. Lift your eyes. Jesus is our bread of life. He's, he's there now. He says, in heaven. Ascended. He ascended into heaven. He is our anchor in our prayers. 
Hebrews chapter 4, 14, 16. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has gone through the heavens, he ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, yet was without sin. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Yes, He's the bread that came down from heaven, given his life, and he went back. And he says, we can hold on to him. He's our anchor in six verse, Hebrews chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. We have this hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. It enters the inner sanctuary behind the curtain where Jesus, who went before us, has entered on our behalf. He has become a high priest forever in the order of Melchizedek. Let us look to him. We won't be offended. We say, Lord, we will see you ascended on high. That's our vision. That's our vision, to see him ascended on high. That's our vision, to be a co-laborer with the Father who will draw people to Christ. That's our vision, not to live only in the temporal, but to move on to the eternal and consecrate ourselves for the eternal. If you haven't given your life to Christ, I give my life. I believe that you are the bread from heaven and you have come as the bread of life and that by believing in you, I will have eternal life. So Lord, I want to give that life to you, my life to you. And see, God, I've lived so much of my life in the temporal. I want to be a co-laborer. I want to be co-laborer. I want to live in the eternal Lord, I know that I have to live on this world in the temporal, but I don't want to remain in the temporal. I want to be a co-laborer. I consecrate myself to you today to be a co-laborer with you. This will be my beginning. This will be my beginning. You can make this prayer in the quietness of your heart. Say, God, I consecrate. The Lord will hear it. Say, God, I consecrate myself. I want to be a co-laborer with you. No. To all of us, let us pray to God. Thank you for listening to this message. To know more about us, please visit www.adonai-ministries.com.